Welcome back to Leader Lab. This month I have as my guest Dr. Diana Whitney. Dr. Whitney, who are you and what do you do? Thank you, David. I am, I guess, first and foremost, a consultant. In that capacity, I'm president of an international firm called Corporation for Positive Change. All of us, uh, whether we're here in the U.S. or we're located around the world, use appreciative inquiry, which we will talk about later. And we use that for our consulting, whether we're working with organizations around large-scale culture change, strategic planning, leadership development, or whether we're facilitating a team building or a planning session. We use appreciative inquiry. I am also the founder of the Taos Institute, one of the founders. Uh, There was a team of us in the 90s that that founded the Taos Institute, and that is a nonprofit organization that is focused on social constructionist thinking and practices in organizations, in family therapy, in the academic settings, uh, to help build stronger relationships and create uh, more relationally viable ways of living and being together. I am also an author of several books, and we'll be talking about a couple of them today during this, this time. The most recent is Appreciative Leadership, I've also written about appreciative inquiry. Uh, Some would call me a thought leader, one of the people who has taken appreciative inquiry and brought it into practice in very practical and results-oriented ways. And now um, I have written, along with my colleagues, Amanda Trustin-Bloom and Kay Rader, the new book which brings appreciative inquiry into the realm of leadership. Now, you said... Some would call you a thought leader. One of the people that would call you a thought leader is myself. I believe you're a thought leader on appreciative inquiry and also appreciative leadership. And we have yet to have uh, an AI thought leader in in the leader lab with us. So let's just start there with the basics. What is appreciative inquiry? Good starting point. Uh, Appreciative inquiry is, first and foremost, a process for engaging members of an organization or community in positive change. Now, that's a simple statement, but there's a lot packed in there. Uh, First, the engagement. It it is a way to bring uh, dozens, hundreds, or even thousands of people into a conversation about the future of their community or their organization. So when we say high engagement, we mean the active involvement of people in the conversation. The second thing is that it's a process. And it's a process that is inquiry-oriented. So if we take the words appreciative and inquiry and we we look at their meaning, we see that the word appreciative means to value, to, to prize. And we see that the word inquiry means to explore, to investigate. And when you put them together, appreciative inquiry says, let's study, let's explore, those things that we most value. So appreciative inquiry is, we often say, an alternative to traditional problem-solving methods or to what we call deficit-based approaches to change. It is a positive approach to change, and that means that we focus on what works, we focus on strengths, we focus on what we value and want more of, and we study it. We study those things that we want more of. 
the basic assumption is that human systems, people, teams, relationships, organizations, and communities move in the direction of what they study. Now, you know, that makes sense. It's common sense to say, yes, we, we study something, we learn, we grow, we move in that direction. And yet, all too often, our methodologies and our questions ask us to pay attention to what we don't want rather than what we do want. So, for example, you could imagine in an organization there is great concern about turnover, and organizations study turnover. It's not until they realize that what they really want is retention and they begin to do inquiry into why people stay that they really get the information that allows them to move in new and innovative directions. We could take another subject today that's so close to people's hearts, and that is sort of the economy. Well, people can move in the direction of being fearful and worrisome and trying to study and analyze what's going wrong, or we can look at ways of cost containment, collaboration, working from our strengths, which in fact are efficient and effective ways of saving time and ultimately money. And so appreciative inquiry is a process that says focus on what you want more of, engage people in inquiry, interviews, study, and dialogue about it, and from there, use what you learn to plan the future. And I love that, that definition, the idea that we're, let's stop looking at how to turn around things we don't want. Let's just look at what we want and focus on how to make that expand. Now, there is a lot uh, in modern literature, current up-to-date literature, about um, the strength movement with the Gallup organization and positive psychology, but if you go back, you actually find that appreciative inquiry sort of predates all of those. But what difference between the strengths movement and, and appreciative inquiry? How do they relate and how are they different? Well, you know, as all changes in society and in science, there are usually parallel price processes. And what I think is happening uh, is that we are now experiencing a broad movement. Appreciative inquiry does predate some of these other things that are happening, but there, there's a, a concurrence happening. So appreciative inquiry is a process that is useful for organizational development. It came out of a business school. More recently, it is being used as a set of leadership practices. It's used in team building. It's used in coaching. The strengths movement came out of, as you said, research into the way in which strengths work. And again, it's very compatible with appreciative inquiry because it says, let's not try to develop people in their weaknesses. Let's develop people in their strengths. And indeed, the best way to develop is to develop your strengths and to do it in a way that makes your weaknesses irrelevant. Well, now that's very consistent with appreciative inquiry, which says, let's study what works Let's study the strengths of an organization as a first step in a process of organizational transformation. You also mentioned positive psychology, and Barbara Fredrickson, whose work in uh, positive emotions is, I think, splendid, 
has really given us a good understanding of why appreciative inquiry is so effective. Because in organizations, people thrive. They flourish, to use Barbara Fredrickson's language. They flourish in the presence of positive emotions and positive communication. Well, appreciative inquiry brings people together and gives them the opportunity to talk about their high-point experiences, who they are when they've been at their best and when their organization has been its best. All of that creates a context of positive emotions. So you kind of see that these three arenas um, are are very much overlapping and um, part of what I like to call a positive revolution that is indeed moving through psychology and business and management. Oh, definitely. And I think one of the newer developments that we can thank you for in that positive revolution is this transition from appreciative inquiry into appreciative leadership. Uh, what is appreciative leadership? Well, it's, it's, that's a nice uh, way of, of asking the question because I've been speaking a lot lately about appreciative leadership as occurring at the nexus, at that point of intersection between appreciative leadership, the strengths movement, and positive psychology. Um, I'm actually going to read you the definition from the new book, Uh, entitled Appreciative Leadership, and then I'm going to break it apart and and talk to you about it. So the, the, the written definition is that appreciative leadership is the relational capacity to mobilize creative potential and turn it into positive power, to set in motion positive ripples of confidence, energy, enthusiasm, and performance, and to make a positive difference in the world. Now you can hear in that definition a little bit of appreciative inquiry, positive psychology, and the strengths movement. Because there's several things embedded in the definition. First, appreciative leadership is relational. We are not talking about the the traits or the strengths of a given person. What we are talking about are the practices that people engage in together that create energy, that create effectiveness, and they get results. And so to that extent, we we consider leadership a relational capacity. The second point that is embedded in this definition is that appreciative leadership is positive. And we we conducted a series of focus groups um, prior to writing this book, and we asked people to talk about what it was that they they wanted from leadership. What was it that when there was effective leadership, what happened? And over and over again, people said, it's positive. And they they talked about positive attitudes. They talked about positive potential. Uh, Leaders asking positive questions that no one else saw. So they used this word positive over and over again. And from our point of view, appreciative leadership is about positive communication, positive relationships, and positive results. So it it really is uh, looking through that positive lens in a number of ways. And it's about turning potential into positive power. Uh, Another book that grows out of appreciative inquiry is the book called Appreciative Intelligence by uh, Tojo Thatchenkerry and Carol Metzer. And they define appreciative intelligence as the ability to see the implicit 
potential, the implicit positive potential in a situation. And so appreciative leadership draws on that intelligence, that ability to see the potential that's there, and then to bring it forth. And and final um, point that I want to make about appreciative leadership is that it has rippling effects. Uh, also, often we are looking for results today and immediately, and we overlook uh, the fact that leadership uh, creates ripples, that we plant seeds today that get magnified, that carry on for many, many years to come. And so with appreciative leadership, we're, we're really acknowledging the ripples, the positive ripples that get set in motion and the ripples that make a positive difference in the world. If I'm a leader and I'm looking to learn more about appreciative leadership, I pick up the book and I notice there's five core strategies to appreciative leadership. Uh, can you can you list those and go over in a little detail what they are? Sure. Um, as you can imagine, having grown out of appreciative inquiry, the first strategy is inquiry. Uh, we have found in our work that really great leaders, uh, leaders that, that people uh, find themselves drawn to, and leadership situations that make a difference tend to get uh, defined by the questions people are asking. And so one of the, the key strategies is the power of inquiry, the ability to ask questions that are categorically different, questions that are about the things you want rather than the things you don't want, um, to, to study uh, joyful productivity, to study, uh, as I said earlier, why people stay, to study what gives life to the organization or community when it's at its best. So that would be inquiry, number one. The second uh, of the strategies of appreciative leadership is inclusion. And, and this one, again, grows out of a combination of appreciative inquiry and the times that we are living in. Right now, we are living in a, an, just an amazingly diverse uh, time uh, of, of society, of business, and it's very important that we be able to include people in conversations. So inclusion is about including all of the stakeholders, all of the people whose future is at stake in a given conversation or a given set of decisions. Um, another one of our appreciative inquiry colleagues, Marge Schiller, who works in education extensively, says, don't talk about me without me for altogether too long. We have had an understanding that leaders at the top of an organization talk about strategy and long-term. Middle managers maybe talk about performance and uh, how do we get results. And then the folks doing the work talk about how do we get the work done on a daily basis. Well, what appreciative inquiry has shown us is that when we bring all of those levels of the organization, we bring all of the functions, and we bring the end users, the customers, uh, and the consumers together and, and engage them in dialogue, the results are much more agreeable, the level of commitment is higher, and then obviously the following performance improves. So inclusion is having the courage 
to invite people who are not generally in a conversation into the conversation. The third strategy is illumination. And um, that this particular strategy focuses right in on everything that we can learn from the strengths movement. The ability to see strengths, the ability to talk about them, the courage to acknowledge them, to compliment people, to bring out their best. Uh, and so illumination says let's not focus on critique and trying to fix people, but let's focus on finding what they do well and giving them opportunities to do it and then really um, catching them doing it right and complimenting them and creating a positive environment around them. So that's illumination. The fourth is inspiration. As we uh, read more and more about positive psychology, we saw not only the need for positive emotional environments, but the, the value of a ratio of communication that is at least five times more positive, more appreciative, more uh, positively emotional than negative. So positive emotion research and positive psychology doesn't say, you know, forget about everything that's uh, troublesome. What it does say is that if there's something troublesome, deal with it. But as a way of working and as a way of living, focus on uh, more inspirational language and particularly hope. Hope is um, often defined in a very shorthand way as the capacity to believe in the best in the midst of the worst. And so even when we find things um, not going as we wish they would go, um, it's, it's very important from a social and human um, performance perspective to have visions and possibilities of hope to move forward. And the fifth of the five strategies is integrity. And again, as we listened to the people in our focus groups, as we uh, did our own reading, uh, you know, it's important that, that we, we hold integrity as an important quality. But what we began to realize is that integrity is derived from the same root word as integral, as wholeness, as healing, as health. And so when we began to think about integrity in, in that way, we said that integrity is the capacity to make decisions, to make choices that are good for the whole. Now, what that means is, first of all, starting with oneself and really having uh, the courage and the capacity to make choices that, uh, that are healthy and that are good. And then to make choices that are good for the whole group that you're part of, the whole community. And as we all know, uh, we must all be looking at and thinking about and making choices that are good for the sustainability of the whole planet and most likely beyond. So the strategy of integrity um, it really is about our own ability to attend to wholeness and to interact with other people in ways in which we are making choices that are good for the whole.
So those are the five strategies. Inquiry, inclusion, illumination, inspiration, and integrity. And there's a lot, there's a lot in each of those strategies outlined more in the book. But uh, how can, if, if I'm a new leader and I'm looking to lead smarter, lead more effectively, lead more appreciatively, uh, how can I get started in, in developing myself as an appreciative leader? Well, you know, I, I really like that question. And I, there are a couple of, of different avenues. If you are the kind of person that can read a book and do self-study, I would say get a hold of the book, Appreciative Leadership, and really go through it. Do the activities all through the book. There are a number of places, pause buttons, stop, think about it, make notes. Maybe have a friend do it with you and have a dialogue. The other thing I would recommend is that you do um, do the Gallup Strength Finder. I think that is a very, very valuable tool for all leaders, for everyone today, to use that tool. Uh, there's another tool called the VIA, V-I-A, which is um, another strength uh, and values index. And those kinds of tools can help you uh, get an understanding of what your strengths are, what you value as a leader, and then begin working to those strengths. We also have a whole series of workshops. Um, the Appreciative Leadership Development Program is a great way to uh, strengthen your awareness of who you are as a leader and put together a plan for your own development as an appreciative leader. Uh, the Foundations of Appreciative Inquiry is a great way to really dig in and learn about positive change from a perspective of a leader who's designing and facilitating change. There are a number of ways that one can develop their appreciative leadership capacity. Another way is to work with a coach, work with a consultant, and take on a project that um, is over your head. I, I really think that we learn best when we know we're applying our strengths, but we're applying them to something new and something different. And, uh, and so we're a little over our head. We've got to learn to do it. Uh, take on a project. Do some experiments. Uh, have a coach help you. Get a consultant who can help you. You know, obviously, give us a call. We'll help you. Um, so you can do it on the job. You can do it on your own. Or you can do it through a workshop. Oh, and those are some fantastic resources for, for developing that. But I, I have a couple questions for you, and, and starting with resources. Uh, what are you reading now? I'm, I've just finished the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series, um, and I'm, I'm doing light reading. But I also am spending more time with Ken Gergen's new book, Relational Being, uh, because Ken is one of my co-founders of the Taos Institute, and his work in social constructionism uh, is, is really some of the leading work in the world uh, around relational capacities and relational uh, ways of working. And so I, I recommend his, his book, Relational Being. Uh, it's one that I'm, I guess I could say, rereading uh, and going deeper with right now. Absolutely. Well, what's next for you? Well, right now we are, and, and I say we because my, my partners, my business partner, my writing partners, we're looking at uh, a couple of things that are offshoots of the book. One is developing more skill-based training and educational programs uh, that are, are based on the skills 
of appreciative leadership, and we'll be doing that with client organizations and most likely also as uh, a, a general public workshop. Uh, we're also putting together a leadership development process for uh, client organizations, a, a way for um, groups of leaders within an organization to both learn appreciative leadership and appreciative inquiry and begin to uh, do projects in their company and create what we might call an appreciative culture in their organization through a combination of, of education and, um, and, and interventions, if you would call them that, in appreciative inquiry. And so I've got that coming off of the leadership book, and um, then I'm you know, available for general consulting. I guess I just need to say that at this point. Um, if there are people interested in support, um, either face-to-face -face or via Skype, I work and help with the design of large-scale change processes. Oh, fantastic. And, and yeah, no, it's definitely worth mentioning. If you are out there and you really want to take appreciative leadership to the next level, you can be what's next for Dr. Whitney. Um, and, and, <laughs> and if you're that person, how can people get a hold of you? Well, I think the best way is online, and my email is diana, D-I-A-N-A, at positivechange.org, and you can send me an email directly. You can also go to my website, which is www.positivechange.org, um, and either way, um, one will give you lots of information, and the other will give you a direct connection to me. Fantastic. And we'll have links to both of those uh, in the show notes as well as a link to Appreciative Leadership so you can pick up a, a copy and start leading smarter and more appreciatively. And Dr. Whitney, thank you so much for joining us in the Leader Lab. Thank you very much, David. <laughs>